Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Welcome to this special edition of All Things Catholic, recorded live in the Holy Land in November 2017. Today, I'm standing on the shores of the Sea of Galilee here in Israel in the Holy Land while on pilgrimage here. And I just got back from Cana where we were reflecting on the great wedding feast at Cana and the mystery of Jesus's first miracle there. I want to share with you some thoughts about what that story from Scripture tells us about marriage, about the great work of transformation God wants to work in our lives through the sacrament of marriage and through the lived experience of our married lives. Pope Benedict once said something very fascinating about this scene at the wedding feast at Cana. He noted how that first wine that started the wedding feast was wonderful, it tasted great, everyone delighted in it, but it wasn't enough to go the distance. It wasn't enough to sustain the wedding feast. Jesus had to come into the middle of that wedding feast and then perform his great work, his miracle, where he changes the water into wine, providing an abundance of wine. We know that he ends up providing about 120 gallons worth of wine. So it was some party (laughs) once Jesus came into the midst of that wedding feast. Now, Pope Benedict once said that that work that Jesus did there at Cana is analogous to the work he wants to do in our lives through marriage, through marriage. He notes how when a, a, a couple comes together in love and they want to get married, it's like that, that, that initial spark of attraction, a lot of emotions that are involved, romantic attraction, physical attraction. That's all the raw material of love. God uses that to bring a man and a woman together in marriage. And it's wonderful. It's delightful. It feels good. It tastes good. It's wonderful. But it's not enough. It is not enough to build a marriage on. It's not enough to go the distance. It's not enough to sustain a husband and a wife because eventually those feelings will fade. They'll have moments where they're they're powerful and moments when they fade. There'll be moments of trial, moments of difficulty, misunderstanding, hurt, and times when we're called to forgiveness and patience and heroic generosity like we never imagined before. And, and so if we go into our marriages thinking that that first wine, so to speak, that initial spark of attraction is just going to be there forever, we're going to end up in a lot of trouble. That's why many couples describe how maybe five years, seven years, ten years into their marriages. I've had some couples tell me about five months into their marriages, maybe even five weeks into their marriages, they're already experiencing experiencing this new friction that rises in their relationship, new tensions, new um, areas of their relationship that they didn't realize where they, they were selfish and they weren't thoughtful and now they're experiencing hurt from their spouse being impatient or their spouse being selfish. And, and, and there's all these troubles that come in the midst of our marriage. Every marriage goes through these trials. The key is, will we just try to live our marriage on that first wine. Many couples think when we reach those difficulties, those challenges in marriage, we just got to do something to rekindle that initial spark of attraction. And there's nothing wrong with date night and vacations and things that can enrich our marriage. We need that. But ultimately, we need something more. We need Jesus Christ coming into our marriages in a profound, deeper way. Just like he came into that wedding feast at Cana when Jesus came in, performed that miracle, and provided the wine 
that would last to the end of the party, the wine that would go the distance. That's what Jesus wants to do in the hearts of a husband and a wife. He wants to enter into that relationship and transform that initial spark of love and attraction, which is noble and wonderful, but not perfect. He wants to perfect it. He wants to change it into the good wine. You see, many times when we go into our marriages, you know, we're, we're, we're so attracted to our spouse. We fall in love. It's just so wonderful. And even when we notice our fiancé or our boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, when we notice their, their faults, little weaknesses, we kind of tend to overlook them or we make excuses for them. We even kind of say, oh, those little quirks, they're kind of cute. <laughs> you know, so we, it's as if we go into our marriages singing that old Billy Joel song. Remember that song? Don't go changing to try to please me. I love you just the way you are. Remember that song? You know, that's how we go into our marriages. Oh, you don't have to change. I love you just the way you are. And it's so beautiful. But yet, we're not singing that song five years, seven years, ten years into our marriage. We're not singing Billy Joel anymore. We're probably singing something more like Bon Jovi. Remember that other song Bon Jovi sang? Uh, you give love a bad name. We're frustrated with our spouse. We're angry at our spouse. Why doesn't he understand me? Why does she always keep bothering me about this? How come they're not, that my spouse isn't more patient? How come they're not more understanding? Why don't they ever say thank you? <laughs> they don't appreciate me. <laughs> We end up with all these, all these areas of walls building up in our marriages, little areas of resentment, areas of hurt. What do we do then? It's then we need to bring Jesus more profoundly into our marriages. So I want to give you three practical things to think about here about how we can bring Jesus in, like, like they brought Jesus into the wedding of Cana, so he can work a miracle in our marriage, work a miracle in our hearts, because this is what God wants to do. Uh, first thing, remember, marriage is a sacrament. It's not just a sacrament that you celebrated a long time ago on your wedding day. It is a sacrament that's meant to sustain us throughout our married lives. What, one of the things that this means is, is that our relationship with our spouse, at the heart of it, there's a, there's, a, there's a font of grace that's available to us. And many Catholic couples don't think about this. They don't draw upon this amazing resource that God is giving us in our marriage. Fulton Sheen once wrote a book called Three to Get Married. <laughs> the point is, you can't really just have two people and, and expect that they're going to be able to live married life well. They need a third person. They need God in their marriage. And, and, and we need to, to love each other beyond what we can do on our own. We come with our own good intentions, our own heartfelt desire to serve our spouse, and yet we fall short, don't we? We, we fall short in our own fallenness and weaknesses and sins and dysfunction, and, and we need God to help us. We need to draw upon the grace. So the next time you experience a challenge in your marriage, a difficulty with your spouse, pray for the grace. Ask Jesus, Jesus, give me the grace of the sacrament. Help me to love my spouse like you loved your spouse, the church. Help me to love my spouse beyond what I can do on my own. On Good Friday, Jesus, you, you weren't appreciated. You were forgotten. You were, you, you had people abandon you. You had people reject you. You had people mock you. You suffered a lot, and yet you still gave your life in sacrifice and in service for your spouse, your people, the church. Jesus, 
I'm not feeling a lot of love right now from my spouse. I'm feeling a lot of hurt. I'm struggling. Uh, there's some challenges here. Help me, Jesus. Help me to love like you did. Or I know I, I need to be more generous. I need to be more thoughtful. I need to be uh, more serving. And I get caught up with myself, Lord, too much. And Help me to love and be generous like you loved your church on Good Friday. Help me to live that sacrificial love. There is an abundance of grace waiting for us in the sacrament. We just need to call upon that grace to help us to love on our own. If we try to just live our marriages and fix our marriage problems with our own skill, our own thinking, uh, it's not going to go very far. Let's, let's call on the grace. It takes three to get married. It takes three to live marriage. We need God, not just me and my spouse. Uh, so that's one big thing to think about. A second thing I want you to think about is something Pope John Paul II once said about marriage. He once said this, The same Jesus who calls the couple to marriage continues to call the couple in marriage through the difficulties, challenges, and circumstances that come up in everyday life. You see, we realize that many of us Christians, we know that God called us together in marriage. We, and we recognize that on our wedding day. We might remember that every once in a while on our anniversary. But, but more, more so, we have to remember that not only did Jesus call us initially to the married life together, God continues to call us in marriage. Jesus continues to call us in the midst of our marriage, precisely in those challenges and difficulties and circumstances that rise up in our daily life. You see, it wasn't just about a call a long time ago. He's every day calling you. If you're called to this marriage life, if you're a married person right now, Jesus wants to meet you. He wants to meet you through your spouse, in your spouse. So when you see your spouse going through a difficult time, don't look at him and say, oh, why is my spouse going through a difficult time again? See Jesus in that person, just like you might be called to see Jesus in the poor. See Jesus in your poor spouse as he or she is going through this difficult time. Or when you, or, or when you see G, your, your spouse doing something and it's frustrating you and all this, again, see this as an opportunity that Jesus is giving you to grow in love, to grow in patience, to grow in understanding, to grow in empathy, to get out of yourself. Don't look at the problems in your marriage as simply just problems. These are just crosses I have to bear, or these are problems I have to solve, and problems that need to be fixed. No, we have to see them precisely as opportunities Jesus is giving us to grow in love, to serve more, to love more, to be transformed. You know, if we're called to the married vocation, our marriage relationship is the number one place Jesus wants to do his work of molding us, shaping us into himself. Yes, we need to pray. Yes, we need to do a lot of works of service and help out at the parish. And all those are wonderful things. And God will use that too. But the number one place God wants to shape us, transform us, is in our marriage relationship. And many times there's Catholics that think, oh, my marriage is just too troubling. I'm just going to pour out my life in the church. And they run away from their marriage problems. No, we shouldn't run away from those marriage problems because that's precisely where Jesus wants to meet us. He wants us to face those problems. Many, many times with great patience, great humility, great trust, great forgiveness. But it's there that we learn to love the most. It's there we learn to become like Jesus the most, precisely in our marriage. Let's allow Jesus in to come in and work a miracle right there.
So we've seen so far two ways that we can live out the mystery of Cana and allow Jesus to come in and do a miracle in our marriages. The first is to remember it's a sacrament, to draw on his grace, to call on his grace, to ask Jesus to help us to love our spouse beyond uh, what we could do on our own. Secondly, we've seen to look at the challenges and difficulties that come up in ordinary daily marriage and family life and see those not just as problems, but to see them as opportunities Jesus is, per- is specifically giving us. It's not that he wills it all necessarily, but he allows these little challenges to happen and he can use them for good. He can use them to change our hearts and give us the chance to prove our love to him more. So that's a second way, but I want to turn to one last thing here. You know, uh, I think this is, is important to keep in mind that uh, the, the work that Christ wants to do in our marriages is wonderful. And, and I've heard many people say things like this. I want, I, I, I know my mission is in my marriage is to help my spouse get to heaven. Have you ever heard that? That that's what a married uh, couple is supposed to do for each other. It's supposed to help their spouse get to heaven. And I used to think of that in my younger years of marriage is, oh, it's wonderful. I'm married to Beth and I'm called to help her get to heaven. So I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to pray with her. We're going to go to the chapel together. We're going to pray with our children together. We're going to go to adoration together. We're going to pray the rosary together. And so I'm helping my wife get to heaven by encouraging her in the virtuous life and the life of prayer and, uh, and praying for her and praying with her. And I used to think that that's what this was all about. And I'm sure all that's uh, very important, <laughs> but I've come to see over the years that I, my mission, I, I'm so, I help my wife get to heaven, and one of the main ways I do that is that I, I, she has to put up with all of my weaknesses and all of my, my vices, all of my hurts, all of my wounds, <laughs> and she has to deal with all of that. Uh, and so I'm sure Beth has, t- has taken off many, many years off of purgatory just by having to deal with me. <laughs> and, and that's just something to keep in mind, that when we actually work with our spouse, they're working with us. And they're working with a very imperfect person. (laughs) If we know ourselves well, we know that we weren't really a great catch. <laughs> we, we, were like, we were just blessed to be caught by our spouse. Uh, we know we come with a lot of noble qualities, but also a lot of imperfect qualities. And yet, our spouse is called to love us in that process. And, 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 and that helps us to approach our spouse with humility as well. So then we, we notice a certain weakness in them or a certain area where... Uh, it's, it's causing tension in the relationship, we can respond to them with greater compassion, with greater mercy, with greater patience. Because if we know ourselves well, we're, we're, we, don't, we don't have it all together. And, and if we really deeply know our own acute weaknesses, then that should make our hearts be ever more gentle with our spouse because we would want our spouse to be gentle with our little quirks our little frustrating moments, our little sins and vices and lack of character. Uh, uh, Thanks be to God that God loves us this way. That's how Jesus loves us. He sees our imperfection. He knows it perfectly. He knows the truth about our lives, all of our thoughts, all of our actions. He knows all of our weaknesses, and he still is madly in love with us. Uh, And if, if we know ourselves well, I mean, how much God loves us, then that, again, makes us ever more patient and gentle 
and compassionate with the weaknesses of our spouse. And that's another way God profoundly wants to change our hearts. He wants to change us to make us more and more like him, to love like him. Marriage is a wonderful, wonderful institution. It's not just an institution, it's a wonderful sacrament. And at the wedding at Cana, we can think about how uh, Jesus performed a great miracle there some 2,000 years ago taking that water and transforming into the good wine that would go the distance, that would go for the duration of the party. We need Jesus to come evermore into our own marriages so that our marriages can go the distance and it could be a great party because Jesus is at the center of it. This special edition of All Things Catholic was recorded live at the Sea of Galilee in November 2017. Stay tuned next week for our special question and answer episode. If you haven't had a chance to do so, this is your last opportunity to send me your question, anything related to the Catholic faith. You can send it to me on Facebook or Twitter or at my website, edwardsree.com. Thanks so much and God bless. Thank you.